So this is week two in our series, Thinking About Prayer, which is so awesome. And I want to kick off this morning with a question. I want to ask you, what do you think is going on when you pray? And maybe if you're on our chat space right now on YouTube or on Facebook, you could type in your answer there, because this is perhaps the most crucial question as we're in this eight week focus, learning more about prayer. What do you think prayer is? What do you think is going on when you pray? Why do we do this? And we're thinking about that amazing model prayer that Jesus taught that starts, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I wonder what those words bring to mind for you. They're so evocative. For me, it takes me back straight away to primary school, way back in the 80s, sitting in our old wooden assembly hall. We used to have assembly every day and it was so boring and you weren't allowed to chat or fidget. You had to stay still. And the last thing was the Lord's Prayer and we recited it parrot fashion. And I used to think it was so boring and I would wait for it to be over. I wonder what it is for you. Is it school or is it weddings or funerals? Because this is the elephant in the room, isn't it? So often when we talk about prayer, if we're honest, our immediate thought is just, oh, man, that's a bit boring. Or it's ritualistic. It's just reciting stuff. It's uninspiring. Maybe it's a duty we've had to get through. For so many of us, our introduction to prayer hasn't been the most exciting, inspiring thing. Or maybe for you, you think of prayer in the context of our growing enthusiasm right now for people seeking an antidote to the bars and stimulation of 21st century life. You know, so many people are looking for headspace and quiet time and chances to reconnect. And so we've seen this growth in practices which prayer could sit with things like mindfulness practice, meditation, all kinds of contemplative things, spirituality practices like yoga, all sorts of stuff. And the question is this morning, is prayer just another example of something like that that's physiologically really relaxing and hugely good for us is as a balance to the stress and strain of everyday living? Or is it something more? And I want to suggest to you that it is a lot more. In fact, I want to suggest that prayer is such an awesome and unbelievable opportunity that we should all be champing at the bit to be praying every day and that this chance to learn to do it better should be irresistible. Let me tell you a bit about why. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear that phrase, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, my mind jumps immediately to a word that I don't use every day. I don't really hear use, which is hallowed. And hallowed is an old word. It literally means to mark something out as holy, different, special, set apart. It's about a recognition of value, but also of difference. And Jesus says that we should pray that God's name is hallowed. Now, in that time, your name signified everything about who you were. So when Jesus says about God, hallowed be your name, what he's saying is that there's something here we should appreciate about God, about who God is, that he is set apart, different, holy, that he is on heaven whilst we are in earth, that there is this difference, this gap between us. It's something about who we're talking to when we pray. The prayer is a conversation which, unlike any other, is bridging this space between earth and heaven. 
God is hallowed in heaven. But look at that sentence again, because there's something weird and wonderful in there, because the end of it, talking about how God is hallowed, expresses this difference, this gap between earth and heaven, between our secular space on earth and this sacred, divine, special space in heaven. But the beginning, the beginning describes God as father. And this word, it's the same word that's used for earthly fathers, for caregivers, for family members. So we had Father's Day just a couple of weeks ago where we thought about people who were father figures to us. And whatever your experience is of earthly fathers, the Bible paints this model of father figures as close, nourishing, caring, loving relationships. It's that big embrace, the the hug from a father that means so much. So this opening sentence expresses one of the most amazing and significant things about prayer, that it's a conversation that reaches across what should be a gap because we're on earth and we are normal, flawed, messed up people and God who is perfect, holy, awesome and up in heaven. But in prayer, not only do we get to bridge that gap, but this awesome privilege is that we can approach God with the same ease that we would a human earthly father figure. We can talk to God in the same free, relaxed, comfortable, secure way that we could to our closest caregivers on this earth. This is amazing. But in a weird way, this awesome privilege has become prayer's own sort of internal weakness, the the Achilles heel, because this ease of approach and the relaxed way we can come to God in prayer means that so often we just take it for granted and we throw off little prayers without really thinking about it. We miss the mystery and we forget to be amazed by what we're doing. We miss the divine in the ordinariness of what feels like an everyday moment. But it wasn't always like this. You weren't always able to approach God with such ease. Listen to this. This is a passage from a book called Hebrews. It's in the New Testament of the Bible. And it talks about the way that people used to have to approach God in Old Testament times before Jesus had come and changed everything. This is um, Hebrews 12 from the Passion Translation. It says, we are not coming as Moses did to a physical mountain with a burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom and a raging whirlwind. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and a thundering voice, the fearful voice that they begged to be silent. They couldn't handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. This astonishing phenomenon Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. By contrast, we have already come near to God. And in this passage in Hebrews, the author is jumping back to those stories and he's caught in this moment of wonder and amazement because he's remembering how in those times God's people couldn't approach him in person. That gap, the holiness of God meant that just one leader got to speak with him. And even then they had to journey to do so. For example, like to the top of a mountain where God's presence fell on the in a cloud on the top of the mountain. God was so holy that if you were exposed directly to him, that would mean death even animals approaching the mountain were risking death to do so and the difference of course now is what Jesus has done for us 
this amazing person who was fully God, but also fully human and who gave his life for us. In doing that, he bridged the gap between God and humanity and he enabled us to do this thing in prayer, to approach God as father. It carries on in Hebrews 12 saying the God who spoke from earth, who spoke on earth from Sinai, that's the mountain, He is the same God who now speaks from heaven. That's amazing. This is the same God who people used to not be able to approach in person, but we can talk to him in prayer every day, every moment, whatever is going on in our life. He cares. He wants to hear about it. And you can bring your everyday earthly moment to God in prayer. But we so easily miss the wonder of what's happening. And of course, in Jesus times, people made the same mistake. You know, they had God literally physically present with them in Jesus. They could chat to him. They could hang out with him. They could ask him questions. And there's this story that's told in one of the Gospels in Luke chapter seven. It's verses 36 to 50. that contrasts two people in a moment of hanging out with Jesus, of God physically on earth in that moment with them. And there's this guy called Simon. He's a Jewish leader, a religious guy. He probably thought of himself as pretty spiritual. And then there's this woman. Now, this woman, she's a sinner. She's nothing or worse. She was actually renowned in that day for the the mistakes that she'd made, for the bad choices and decisions she'd made in her life. She was a reputable, disreputable character, we're told. She was most likely a prostitute. She's so unimportant, we don't even know her name. She's not even given a name. While Simon, probably because of his status, he's been able to invite Jesus over to his house for a meal. And Jesus has relaxed at the table in this really, this sort of social moment. It's again, it's that relationship overlap where these people are having this conversation with God in the everyday as if it was nothing. But actually something amazing is happening in this moment. And the thing is where Jesus is concerned, actually, the ability to approach God is nothing to do with status or importance or human value. Anyone can do this. And so this nice, orderly, proper, tidy moment is disturbed when this woman arrives. And Luke tells us that she has realized two things. Number one, she's realized who God actually is. In fact, she's way ahead some of these supposedly spiritual people in the room because she's realized how amazing this is, what it all means, that God is there in person. And number two, she's realized something about her own humanity, her brokenness, her messiness. And she's overwhelmed by how amazing it is that she can approach Jesus in that moment. She can talk to God. She can bridge the gap. She's overwhelmed by the opportunity and she has to act. And her action is like an instinctive overflowing of worship and adoration. And and I love the impulsivity of it, the lack of thought throughness. I mean, in human terms, it's so inappropriate. She bursts into someone else's house. She's brought this jar of perfume. She falls at Jesus' feet and she anoints his feet with the perfume, which may sound pretty weird to us. But in those days, you would anoint the feet of somebody who was highly esteemed. And it was like a mark of respect. 
act. But she just bursts in unannounced and does this. And she's crying. The word that she used means she's crying like a child. I mean, this is like proper, like gasping, noisy crying. And she's crying so much she wets his feet enough that she has to use her hair to wipe them off. Maybe in a lockdown moment, she'd also not been to the hairdresser a while. She clearly had enough to wipe his feet dry with her hair. It's, it's an extravagant, crazy, expressive, authentic, from the heart moment of worship by someone who's caught in the utter wonder of what she's able to do approaching God. I'd love to share more with you about this story and also about how our recognition of this amazing truth that we can bridge the gap and you, me, we in our ordinary moments can approach God in prayer. I'd love to share more. So do catch up with my longer teaching, which you can access through our podcast. But for now, let's just not miss the wonder of what prayer is, that every moment that we say a quick, random, fired off prayer in a stressful moment or a panic moment, we are approaching that holy, awesome God, the God of power and of might who is in heaven, set apart from us, but we can bridge the gap and come to him as if he was an earthly father. Don't miss how amazing that is. Jesus tells that woman that her faith That's her recognition of this truth. It has saved her. It's freed her and it changes her life. And it could change your life, too, and the life of people around you and this world that we live in. Because when we recognize the enormity of what we can do through prayer, we become carriers of that same divine power and authority here on this earth. So let's take a moment right now just to pray. And you might want to hold your hands out to God in this moment, just recognizing the enormity of what we're doing in our everyday earthly, in this room, wherever you are, I'm in my study here, but God is with me. God is with you in your moment. That same God of the Old Testament, we haven't had to climb a mountain. He is with us in our room. He brings his power and authority, the ability to bring breakthrough, his holiness, his goodness, his love and light. And you can approach him. You can experience those things in your everyday moment. When you share things with him, they're not empty words. You're handing them over. You're sharing your worries, your problems, your difficulties, and your worship with the God who makes the impossible possible, the God who is real and present on this earth today. So why don't you just take a moment in your heart to say thank you to say a prayer of adoration to the God who has found a way to make this possible. Lord God, we're so grateful for your love and your grace. We're so grateful that you have made it possible for us to approach you with confidence, that in our brokenness, in our humanity, with our many flaws, we can come close to you. Lord God, we adore you in this moment. We bring our worship to you. We bring our thanks to you. And we bring our prayers to you. In Jesus' name, amen.